Welcome to the Gyms Cast, which is the official podcast of the Gyms Group. My name is Joel Kleber and I'm your host. And on the Gyms Cast, you can expect interviews with franchisees, interviews with franchisors and other people, and also the big man, Jim himself, who frequently drops in for our Ask Jim episodes and various other special interviews with Jim as well. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating if possible. And also, for more information, please visit www.gyms.net. Hey guys, welcome to Ask Jim. Uh, we're back at training week, uh, and so we're obviously back with another round of questions. Got about 50 on site uh, in training, another 20 online, so great turnout for training. To some questions, we've got a lot. We've had one come in online, uh, Jim, which I thought I'd ask you first yep. to get the ball rolling. So first question we've had is from Luke. Uh, and it's Jim, you've been into biohistory for years, promising this world-changing, epoch-defining pill that will cure the world. You answered a question of mine a while ago, the trials for the pill were happening in 2021. No updates last year. What is going on with the pill? Well, <laughs> we weren't gonna trial the pill because we haven't developed it. What we're actually doing is doing a whole lot of things, basically looking at rats, because, because the, the beneficial effects will arise if we can duplicate the, the good side of food restriction. Food restriction has some very positive aspects to it. So what we're doing is we're doing experiments with rats and we're trying to figure out how they change. And that's to do with things like pheromones, to proteins, cytokines, to do with the uh, methylation of genes, uh, microbes, a whole lot of different things. So what we're doing is we're working out exactly how the, our rats react to um, food restriction and then we're going to reverse engineer it. That's basically the style. So we've got a number of things going. So this year we'll be actually trying different kinds of pheromones we've identified from the, from the rat's urine. Mm. Yeah, I've noticed the, uh, the coffee in the office has had a bit of a change in taste and I'm working way harder than I've ever been before. So <laughs> I don't know whether these, uh, <laughs> maybe we're the rats. Uh, we'll go to our first question from the audience now. And the first question is from Rob. Rob. What sort of steps are being taken with your research? Well, like I said, we're, we're actually trying to work out what happens when you restrict um, food. Also, another thing, we're actually looking at what we call eustress, positive stresses that make people more resilient, more positive, less likely to be depressed. So, but all to do with, with the way food affects us. So, yeah, we've got, a experiment, we've got a research project going. It's, um, we've also got some um, animals in... Um, hairs actually in Europe which have been going through these cycles, these regular cycles, which, which is very similar kind of cycles. And we've actually got a project where we're working with the people who are running this to actually test the physiology of the animals. So it's, it's, yeah. it's exciting, it's going, it's going somewhere. I don't expect to have anything that's you know, ready for human trials for a couple of years yet, but uh, yeah. very optimistic. We're spending a couple of million dollars a year in it and I hope with time as the business prospers we'll be able to do more and more. Yeah. Fantastic. Which is great. Yeah. By the way, have you got a copy of this book? Uh, no, but I've seen you online with that. Would, would you like one? I would love one. Do you want to sign it as well? Do you want it signed? I'll, so, I'll sign it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's the newest version, by the way. What was, what was your name? Rob. Oh, Rob, sorry. So while that's so. happening, we've had uh, Miguel online say, I would like to say hello to Mike Davenport. So Miguel yeah, says Rob. hello. Cheers. Mike. Um, <laughs> 
COVID Peter said Jim's rats test, which is funny. There's a lot of rats tests going around, but unfortunately not the right type of rat test. <laughs> That's right. Otherwise you'd be making a fair bit more money. Uh, Nugent has said, what advice would you have for a young entrepreneur who has just started in business? Um, look, there's one thing, one thing only that makes the difference between somebody who's going to be successful and somebody who's going to be less successful. And that's the attitude that looks every day at your business and says, how can I do it better? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what kind of business. It's that constant attention to the little micro changes and, and you work on those. And that's basically my thing. I'm not particularly great in business and overall, but I've never stopped looking at, at, at how to improve things. And I don't know, um, is he with Jim's? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he may be independent. I've never seen his name before, so he might be new. Okay. I'm not sure. I mean, what I would say, if you're with Jim's, obviously you want to go along to meetings and get to know the other franchisees. If you're not, join an association of some kind and get to talk to people who are in business also and mm. learn from them. Certainly that, that, that group sharing thing is enormously powerful. And it's very inspiring too. We know people who start with gyms and they, and, they, and, they, and they go to a meeting and they meet somebody who's making 250 bucks an hour. What on earth are you doing? Yeah. And, and, and you learn from that and you learn from them and how they actually do it and what kinds of things they're doing and the, the upselling and the, you know, the different kinds of jobs they do and all kinds of different reasons and ways of improving things. And to me, that's the excitement of business. The funny thing about it is not just doing something like the same. It's constantly changing. That's why it's interesting. It's like, it's like having some massive, wonderful computer game that's infinitely exciting and attractive and changeable. And you get paid for playing it. I mean, isn't that a great deal? That's what business is to me. It's fun. Well, that's great. Thank you for that one, Nugent. Uh, David McDonald has said, uh, good evening. Really looking forward to coming down to the trade day. So we do have yes. Jim's trade day finally that's coming David up. That's David from um, Horsham, is it? Yes, yes, correct. Fixed your, uh, fixed your antenna. Oh, your, your, um, your headphones at your, your house. Yeah, yeah. Funny story came out of us, Jim. But yeah, no, trade day coming up uh, March 19th. Um, everyone in the office has put a lot of work in. Got some great supplies coming down. Uh, you'll definitely, everyone here and people online, you'll get more uh, details about it. Come down. It's going to be. It's going to be a great day. We've got. We're going to have just. We've got so many prizes. Mm. You've got free food. You've got jumping castles. Drink yeah. everything. No alcohol. But uh, yeah. when to bite yourself. But uh, it'll be a really, really fun day. Yeah, it's basically three years have gone into planning. We haven't had been able to have one since 2019. So it's uh, it's going to be pretty pretty big. Uh, next question we have from our audience is Paul. Uh, hi Jim. Um, what does Jim do after hours? Like, what are your hobbies? What does Jim do after after Jim? Yeah, what do I do after hours? <laughs> I don't know if I have any after hours actually, because my day is very—it uh, doesn't really end. I can be doing emails at ten o'clock at night, but uh, I like I like playing computer games. They're not very sophisticated ones, I must say. There's a game I play called Conquest, which is about twenty years old or something, and I play that, and and I watch uh, Netflix with my wife. You watching anything at the moment? Just finished watching Emily in Paris. That was really mm, good. Okay, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, nice, very nice, very nice. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that, Paul. Next one we have online. Uh, B Key has said, "Hi Jim, uh, why do we need to pay for lead fees, even uh, if customers don't respond to the call? Is that good way?" 
the call. So basically, why, yeah. why do you need to pay for fees? Because it's an incentive. Mm. Because we've found in practice when we charge leave fees, we get far less customers let down and we get um, far more jobs coming out of the same volume of leads. And people who don't want to really follow up don't take the lead in the first place. We've had tremendous, makes mm. a tremendous difference. And we, we know that you don't get every, every job, so we always knock off 15% mm. to allow for the ones you cannot convert. But usually in gyms, we convert about 75% of leads anyway. Some of, them, some of them you don't get, some of them you wouldn't want because they only want cheap price, which is not, our, which is not what, we, what we're after. Mm. Um, yes, thank you uh, for that, B. Uh, Willie, uh, groundskeeper Willie, who came down from Canada last year, who said that... Um, he just wanted to say that he can't convince his wife to make it down to the trade day. So he was originally planning to fly down from Canada for this trade day. Wow. Uh, but said he might make it to a future one. You reckon you could be convinced to go to Canada for a, for a trade day? Take it over to him. <laughs> well, <laughs> we find it difficult. We've only got about 60 franchisees in Canada, so I don't mm. know how successful it would be. We could help them to run it locally mm. over there. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, uh, thank you for tuning in. I'm not yeah, sure what time it is in Canada, Willie, but he's, he's always on. He's... I reckon it's quite late, to be it's honest. It's quite having him, actually. It really was. Mm. Mm. Yeah, even even, even if Canadians haven't learned to speak English properly, yeah. and even when they come across here, they still haven't picked up a proper accent, but still, they are. Yeah, excellent. Uh, our next question is from uh, Phyllis. Phyllis? 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 Oh, Phil. <laughs> was Phil! Why is there an Phyllis. S at the end there? <laughs> Doesn't look like Phyllis at all. <laughs> hey, Jim. Um, what do you see is going to protect the Jim brand when you're no longer around in maybe 30 or 40 or 50 years time. Wow, that's nice, 30, 40, I'm, <laughs> 70, I'm turning 70 this year. Um, I've probably, based on my state of health and everything else, I've got a life expectancy of around about 25 years. But I know the big guys are actually working on, like Bezos and the rest are working on radical life extension. I'm following that and I'll be, if it's possible to go on longer. Um, I would not want gyms ever to be sold to some big company which would screw it for money. It's very damaging and it's very destructive. I have 10 children and a couple of those, especially my daughter Jasmine, who actually works here, has got very good potential. She's got a great sense of ethics. Um, the actual business value belongs to the Research Foundation. That's where most of the money will go. I don't, like my children are never gonna get huge amounts of money from it. But I think I've got some great kids who could actually run it after me. And the main thing is that that's, I would hate to see my franchises let down because I see franchise systems run for the sake of money first. And it's dreadful, it's so destructive, it's so demeaning, it's, it's forcing people to buy stuff for double the price they can get it for in Coles. <coughs> it's changing the manual in a way that's really, really unfair to franchisees. It's, 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 it's terrible. I think one of the worst, most destructive ideas is the one that your only responsibility for business is towards its, its shareholders. Particularly for a franchise, it's franchisees, but it's also staff and, and clients as well. We have responsibility. Sorry, who, who asked? That no, was Phil. That's a great question, yeah. Phil. Do you, want a, do you want a book or a bear or Pick. some cards? Take Monopoly for the kids? Yeah, sure. Oh, go on. It's really fun too. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I actually played that game and you know what killed me? I, I was doing really well. I had all of Dogwash. 
I had all of pest control and I had all of um, uh, test and tags, which is the reds, the yellows and the, the, the purpley ones. And they got killed on the green ones, which was, which was rubbish removal for the greens, which is mowing. That was yeah. so ironic, I thought. Yeah. Especially since he sold it off. You had, a, you had that card. It was, that was in your power and you sold it. I sold it to somebody you else. Sold it. That was a sad day. Yeah. 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 It's a very fun game. Yeah. You'll never want to play Norm Monopoly again once you've got Jim's Monopoly. It's the best. Uh, our next question is from Jack. Uh, he's not here. I'll, I'll ask it out for him. Uh, he's asked, uh, Jim, why are there not many vegetarian dishes at training? <laughs> Bit of a critique of the food. We can bring the chefs out. And <laughs> well, there's always vegetarian food around. We had some really nice, um, what was it today? Was uh, A lunch or dinner? No, dinner. We had, what was, what was the vegetarian? Oh, it was, like a, it was like a lasagna sort of thing. We had a cannelloni and we yeah. had some of the vegetables, which is, what do they mm. call them, um, ratatouille. Yeah, yeah. And really there's lots nice of salads. fruits. So there's always, there's always mm. some, because I don't eat a lot of meat myself, so there's always mm. something there. We had lunch, yeah. we had a, um, a Thai curry, vegetable curry, which was really nice, and cut with mm. some vegetables, including cauliflower and other things. So mm. I think there's a fairly good selection, but mm. uh, Jack, if you, if, you, uh, if you feel you missed out, let me know, we'll, we'll try harder. But I always insist, one of the things we always, I push with the, the, the chef is that there's gotta be healthy options. There's always nice stuff, but it's gotta be something that's really healthy. Mm. Uh, now I do have a bit of a, a curly one that came in as well. This was from, uh, from Gordon. Uh, he said, hi Jim, a bit of feedback. I recently inquired about a Jim's Uniform franchise. I have 10 plus years in the industry and worked uh, for others and thought it might be uh, the time to do it for myself. I spoke to Ian Tagg, uh, who was a fine representative of your organisation. After explaining the concept to me, I did some additional research and discovered that the Jim Sign and Print franchise also covers uniforms uh, and promotional products. This concerned me as it was basically you are offering two franchisee, uh, franchises with a strong product overlap. Uh, in essence, competing with each other. The explanation from Ian was that uh, was not convincing uh, that any inquiry uniform and promotional products at Jim uh, Sign and Print, Jim uh, Sign and Print wouldn't uh, be receiving for corporate support for uniforms uh, and promotional products, which lends itself to the question: Why are there products uh, in the Jim Sign uh, franchise that overlap with uniforms? Okay, yeah, look, that's a good question, actually. Uh, and I hope, I hope you're watching. Actually, I did respond um, by email to this one. What's, what this is based on is a fundamental misunderstanding about how gyms work. Every division has services which are not unique, but they are where the division gets priority. So, for example, gym signs and prints has all kinds of things to do with printing, to do with signs, but it doesn't cover uniforms. Uniforms is covered by the uniforms. Mm franchise and uniforms division. Now, the sign and print division can still promote uniforms and they can do uniforms, but if a person, a client was to ring out the office and say, I'm interested in uniforms, it wouldn't go to them, it would go to the uniform mm -hmm. division. So every franchisee can actually cover pretty well anything you like. Mm. You can cover Whatever you want to do, I mean, you, you can be a clean man, you can do mowing service as long as you're properly insured. You can do test and tag if you're qualified. You can do fences if you're qualified. But 
the essence of it is the services that are in the contract. And there's a, there's an actual thing called the services. If you have a look at those, that's mm. the definition. Mm. So that's the first thing. It is actually not unique because any division can offer uniforms, but the, if a client rings up, it goes to the proper division. Then the other question he asked, which is interesting, he said, you don't get corporate support. Well, in, in actual fact, there's nothing in our system that says that we have to deal with gyms exclusively. Mm. So, for example, if you want to get your lawns mowed, you don't have, as a franchisee, you don't have to call gyms mowing. Now, you quite likely will because mm. you can get a great service, but you don't have to. We don't have to use any particular gyms division to do anything. Mm. We actually use them a lot for all kinds of things, but we don't have to. And if there's somebody else who can give a better deal, like, for example, the, the solar panels in this place, some of them were done by Jim's Energy, some are done by another company, because mm. we've got a really, really good deal on that. What we, what we think of is this. First of all, we do use actual um, the uniforms division. Um, we, for example, the Jim's Jabs campaign. Mm. That was all done by, by Jim's uniforms. Other uniforms are done by LOD, another company. Now, what I've said to uniforms is, if you want the business for Jim's, then you give us a better deal. Mm. Because, we, because the uniforms are paid for by our franchisees. So my top priority is that my franchisees mm. get the best possible deal. And if another company can offer a better price, a better deal, we're going to use them. So sharpen your pencil and make a great deal. The thing about being Jim's uniforms is that you've got an inside trap. Yeah. It's very, very easy to promote your service to other people in gyms. You can come and talk to the office anytime. You can find out what anybody's offering. You can, you can match it. You've got privileges, but we don't guarantee to use you if you haven't got the best deal. Because in my view, franchisees come first. Mm. And I will not pay one cent more for a uniform, mm. more than we need to. Yeah, That's, uh, that, was a, that was a great question, Gordon. You know, it really was too. Very important to do your, uh, your research. And, on and understand how the system works. And if that is a concern for you, then you know, understandable. But mm. you know, as Jim explained, it's sort of how the system does work. Um, David McDonald has said uh, you should have bought uh, antennas. Uh, you would have won Jimopoly. So <laughs> he, he thinks antennas is the secret. Um, we have, in saying that, I always, I've always wanted to uh, sit down with all the divisionals and you get the properties and so you can actually wager the actual, you can sit down with Hadar and uh, wager, wager actual, actual cleaning. Division. Yeah, I, I think you should do it. Real high risk. <laughs> it'd be it'd be it'd be bigger than any any high stakes poker game. But uh, so if you wanted to try and buy it, Hadar, it'd cost you quite a few million dollars. Yeah, well, everyone's got to use real money at the table too. There's no monopoly money. But uh, we have our next question from Dave. Dave. First of all, first of all, Jim, um, thanks for the opportunity to um, buy a franchise off you. Um, Another qu a question I had from one of the franchises that I'm buying a split from. Mm. Um, he's had a few customers that he's had that are very difficult to deal with and very hard to satisfy their needs. What's your suggestion on the best way to sort of part ways with those customers? Um, you can, well, one way to do it is to raise their price a lot. <laughs> if, they, if they pay you enough, it's worth by putting up with them, I suppose. Um, I mean, if you just want to say to a customer, um, look, I'm sorry, I can't handle your job in the future. You might want to try and see if you somebody else, but if they're a really bad customer, you don't want to. We have a thing called red noting of customers. Mm. If a customer is difficult, and there's, there's, there's a few of them around, we actually put a red note so they don't go to anybody else. 
Mm. But we don't want difficult cu customers. That's, that's franchisees first. Mm. And if a customer can't, I mean, a customer who's a poor payer, for example, or who's rude or difficult or anything, like, we, don't, we don't want them. We don't need them. Mm. That's a good question, actually. Yeah. Uh, pick a price. Do you want to do a price? Do you want a, do you want a bed? Do you want cards? Do you want a book? I'll grab a book, thanks. Book? Which one? Epigenetics or Jim's book? I'll grab the Jim's book, thanks. Jim's book. Um, to follow up as well, Nicole will, uh, on Wednesday, will run you all through A and B class clients. She's got a system of sorting your best clients from your good clients and sort mm. of working out how you continue to service them in the future. So uh, keep an eye out for that on Wednesday. Yeah, she don't be scared to get rid of clients. Yeah. Especially ones that don't pay you well enough. That's mm. a, it's a big mistake to be too scared of losing a client. Mm. I was speaking to one of my 10-year veterans and I was flabbergasted to learn that he was doing some clients for $30 an hour. I couldn't believe it. Mm. And I said to him, because this guy's great. Anytime he has an opening up, he's got about 10 people want to use him. But I said, why on earth would you pay, do so little? And he said he's had them for long. I think the guy's just financially uninterested. Mm. Mm. But I just find that really extraordinary. Yeah, and on, on that point as well, Dan Cahill tomorrow, I think every three months, goes around to his, went, went around to his clients and sort of put their prices up 10% and that filtered out the, uh, the, the payers, the people willing to pay the amount that was too low for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of good stuff in training still to come. Uh, next question from our audience is Peter. Peter? Oh, yeah. You've, you've come back from That's right. where with cleaning. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm an ex, um, I'm a former franchisee. I've had a franchise, I built it up and, um, and I've sold that franchise. Um, I, I did very well in selling it. I was very pleased, I had some time off. And so now I'm returning and I'm gonna try something new, something different, um, outdoors, nope. mowing, probably take the next step up, make an even bigger franchise than I had before. So it's great. Um, We're excited to have you back. It's a great so, story. So um, you know, and 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 for me, um, everybody's obviously different. But for me, the system works. System worked well. Um, I had five employees and two subcontractors with no, a number of employees. They had and they had big buildings for me. So it works. I know it works. I think the model's good. Um, but there are in every business, there's ups and downs. Um, so my question is more. It's a bit of a a, a harder question or a downer question, but. Sometimes you get a bad review of a customer that you may have uh, done a work for. So for example, um, the customer may claim that you turned up a minute, two minutes, five minutes late uh, when you perhaps actually didn't turn up, but then the customer was um, uh, extremely happy with your, with your uh, uh, workmanship and um, if it's a one-off, let's say this was in cleaning, this is a one-off clean, but then the customer turned around and books you in for a regular service, fortnightly service, and is willing to pay you $120 per clean. How do you, how can you turn that review around? So why, why would, if the customer's not happy at giving you a bad review, why do they want you the back? The customer only gave a bad review, uh, not a bad review for the cleaning, but the customer for some reason thought that we turned up late. Usually what would happen is the customer would complain that you didn't turn up. And then yeah. you turn up and you do a great job. And then they're happy. 
<laughs> and all you've got to do then is to send them an SMS to say, just want to check you're happy with the way the job turned out. They, they, they text you back and say, fantastic job. And um, you send that to me and I'll, and I'll write the complaint and, and the bad survey or even raise the survey to five stars. So as long as the customer is happy in the end and you can get me the evidence of that. Sometimes they'll do the survey over again. So that's, yeah. Hmm. It's always possible. I would, I would delete probably 20, 25 um, complaints a day. It's, it's, it's quite a major, it's quite a process. Hmm. I just have to have some kind of evidence that they've turned it around or well, the customer was wrong. Hmm. I just had one before where the customer had, um, had said that uh, he never rang and I actually they sent me the text in which they actually actually was in contact with the client and offered them a price. Mm. So the customer must have forgotten. Yeah. 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 Sometimes they're just unreasonable or... Yeah. Uh, we've had a question from uh, Groundskeeper Willie as well. Are you still sending uh, the Jim's Jab stickers uh, and are you sending them out to Canadians? My buddy Chris got some with a signed letter out of the blue. Um, to my knowledge, uh, Willie, I'm not sure whether we're still sending them. They may we have are. just. We are. Oh, are we still, still sending the, the stickers? We're sending out Jim's Jab stickers, yeah. Oh, there you go, yeah. So he's, he's potentially uh, put his details in online and has uh, probably just got it uh, since it's had to go up to Canada. So yeah, it's has yeah a just, bit of a just, just if, you don't, if you haven't gotten, just check. Just national mm. at gyms.net. Um, we're giving stickers to everybody who wants it. We think it's great, actually. We're just mm. supporting the effort. Mm. Yeah, no, there has been a huge uptake on that. We've sent out. Yeah probably over a thousand items of stuff easily, easily uh, in shirts, hats and stickers. Mm. Uh, David McDonald's has said, I've sacked uh, many clients over the years. Uh, one didn't want to pull away, uh, didn't want to pay the deposit. So I asked uh, for the pull, full payment. Best decision I made uh, was asking for a deposit on the job over a thousand dollars. My average job value is a thousand. So yeah, um, yeah, Dad's talking about sacking clients, which is sort of a, a weird concept. Have you ever sacked? A, did you ever sack clients? I don't know that I ever did, but um, I certainly would. Mm. Uh, but when I was a loan contractor, I didn't have the benefit of gyms mm. as a franchise system, and there's a lot of things that I would have done very differently if I don't know what I know now. Yeah. Lots of stuff. I can remember in my first month as a full timer, I never lost a quote, not one quote, and mm. I was very proud of that. I look upon that and I think, you idiot, you should have been charging at least 20% mm. more. I just didn't know what I was doing in mm. so many ways. Upselling, there's so many things that I would know now that we teach people systematically that I never did myself. Mm. It was, yeah. uh, and in fact, I, I'd finished mowing lawns back in about 1988, just the year before I started the franchise. And when I actually met with franchises regularly, and I heard all these ideas, and these are people who just started in business, but they had so many ideas about I actually really wanted to get out on the road and start mowing lawns again, just because I realised how much better I could have done. I didn't really have the time in those days, because the business was growing very fast, but it was just, yeah, because yeah. you can learn so much. I'm still learning stuff, actually. I know some of the things that Dan's been talking about in terms of the way he runs his business is fantastic. Just, I just hear them still. And I'm still working out better ways to do it. I'd be a fantastic mine contractor now. If I, if I knew what I know now and went back to 1982 when I started full time, oh, I tell you what, I got like a ballistic. Mm. Yeah, so uh, thank you very much for that comment, uh, David. Uh, now, Ash has asked, would you introduce Afterpay? I will, 
Will you introduce some sort of payment like Afterpay so customers can pay for the service in a few payment instalments? Yeah, we have it already. Mm. We have a system of Afterpay that's been done by Jim's Finance. Mm. And pay you plan. Can, yeah, pay plan. And we, you, we'll get you the information on that. Just, just um, ask your franchisor or, or national at gyms.net. We'll give mm. you all the details on it. It's a good system. It, it is, because it means you sort of don't have to do all the chasing up. You get paid straight away. Yeah. And then uh, Jim's paid. And you can do a job that's worth, say, a landscaping job worth $10,000. Mm. And, and the client can pay it off. It's a, it's a great system. Mm. So thank you for that one, Ash. Uh, we've had one here from Pam has asked, Hi, Jim. Uh, why is it that one of my dogs is always getting itchy after a full groom and shampoo? Is it because of sensitive skin? Possibly so. You should talk to the, the groomer about that. Mm. Maybe they could try a different product. I know the kind of stuff they use is very carefully designed to be not to have that effect, but it may be that your dog actually just reacts to it poorly and, and you, they need to try something different. I would definitely tell them that. Mm. Explain the problem and usually the, 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 the grooming, the, the, um, the washing stuff they use is very, very good. It actually gets to the base of the hair follicles and gets rid of the smell and all the loose hair and stuff like that. People don't realise that washing a dog is, is far more than just clean washing the mm. coat like you might do with a bath. It's actually a lot more thorough than that. Mm. Much better system. Yeah, so speak to your groomer and uh, see what they can do uh, if that is a problem. Now, I'm not sure whether I'm being stitched up by Mikey, but the next name I have is Dad. Yeah. Is there a dad? Yep, excellent. I wasn't sure whether he was just trying to get me yeah, to say it's dad. In that, but in it's dad, yeah, no, beautiful. Uh, excellent. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Hi. Uh, I'm going into a building inspection. How long will take? Does it take me before I can start? I know, and this question is a little bit specific. It is a bit specific to the division, and I wouldn't know. But I can tell you, most people who go into building inspections actually have a background in the industry. So you presumably got that, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah, I think it's an individual thing. They just have to look at what you know and what you need to know and show you how to use the software. I don't think it's a long process because you, you, couldn't, you couldn't be taught from scratch. Like for mowing and, and you know, dog washing, cars and all those things like that, test and tag, you can be taught from the beginning. Your division, you could never do that. So I don't think there's a big process involved after you've done this generic course. I think just to mainly have to go through the software with you, which is Paul, Paul's actually developed this software package, which you can actually run on a, on a tablet. And, th and then you can use that to actually, you know, check the buildings and, do your, and print out your, uh, your reports. That's mainly what it takes. But how long it takes, I don't know, but I don't think it's very long. Mm. Beautiful. Um, uh, the next question we have here is uh, from Malcolm. <coughs> Hi, Jim. I'm just wondering, uh, when you sell your business, how much do you actually pay to you, to Jim's? Like if you buy it today, you know, so many dollars, in 20 years' time it could be worth a million, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, what sort of, what happens then? 20%. 20% goes to your franchisor of the value, whatever it is. Oh, okay. So 20% of your... If you're selling the business for thirty thousand dollars, say, you 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 six thousand dollars would go to the, your franchise to the franchisor, and, and you get twenty four thousand. Yeah, right. But what you can do actually too, which is even better, if your business is big enough, you can actually split it. 
Yeah. So you could sell 30,000, 30,000, 30,000, as long as you like. So that's how you, that's how you make a lot of money. Because hopefully, like you buy it today, and then yeah, 10 years time you want to sell. Yes. Mm. So to make a lot of money, look, if you've got a great business that's turning over, you know, half a million a year with employees and stuff, that could be worth quite a bit. But in general, the best way to make money out of a business is to split it. Because even if you've got like, you know, 150 clients, you're probably better off selling it in, in, in two or three chunks and getting a good price for each one because it's easier to sell a business for 30000 than trying to sell one for $90,000. Yeah. Because yep. that cuts down your, your uh, potential market a lot. So it's 20%? It's 20%, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, Mike will go through sort of your, your franchise agreement uh, tomorrow as well and he'll sort of explain all of uh, things like mm. selling. When you, uh, if you buy a split as well, it's going to be the same thing that someone sort of, uh, the 20% the still goes with your business as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mike will go through all your franchise agreements. There, there are also well. some concerns about that too. It depends how many, if you've got enough regular clients to get the franchise, the buyer off paperwork guarantee, and the clients basically go through pretty smoothly, you'll get all your 80%. However, if there's a lot of the clients cancel, then the money gets taken out and some of it gets given to the buyer and some of it gets given to the franchisor to rebuild the business. Mm. So if you have a regular, what's, what's your division? Mowing. Mowing, yeah, okay. Well, mowing businesses have pretty good resale value because people like the regular clients. But if you, um, yeah, but, but you've got to have a good roster of clients so that the new guy starts, he's off paperwork guarantee already. He's already making $1,500 a week. And that business is valuable, but it, it, the clients have got to go through smoothly. Sometimes people put fictional things together. They have all kinds of clients that don't actually exist. And then, the, then we take out money from the 45 day transition period. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay, very good, thank you. That was a great question. Do you want some, uh, do you want playing cards or do you want a bear or a book? A bear would be great for me. Uh, bear, answer. done. Thank you. Is that a mowing bear? That's a mowing bear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All over it. Uh, so we had a question here from um, Carmel is uh, what do you suggest is the best marketing tool uh, for someone starting out with Jim? Well, you don't really need marketing tools for the most mm. part. It depends on the division. Most divisions, your basic marketing tool is your phone and turn it on and start taking leads. Because mm. yeah. most divisions get plenty of work. Um, the, the biggest, the best marketing tool apart from that will be pay for work guarantee. If you're not getting enough work, go out and offer freebies. That mm. actually builds your business like nothing else will. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. as to independent marketing, um, there's some divisions like test and tag, for example. They need to do some door knocking because that's yeah. how it works. Um, I think building inspectors might need to do a little bit of that too. Building uh, inspectors trying to build a Talk, lot of Talking to agents and so mm. forth, which is a great thing to do. They do a lot of B&I stuff. But most divisions, mowing, cleaning, pest control, car cleaning, carpet cleaning, window cleaning, you name it, most of them really, there's not much dog wash, of course, there's not much problem finding, mm. finding leads and you really, you never need to do very much marketing mm. at all. Yeah, absolutely. No, not these days, it used to mm. be different in the old days, but. Mm. Um, uh, tell us if you're a current franchisee, uh, Carmel. Um, I'm interested to know. Uh, David McDonald's has said I would be selling splits to my employees. So if you had employees, you could sell a split to yes. them. Sort of, you know that they're going to be successful. It's often a good way of doing it too, yeah, and it's an easy sell because they've been out with you and they see what kind of money you're making. They see cheap as well. You know, you're paying me 25 bucks an hour. Yeah. 
but you're making $120 an hour. That looks like a pretty good deal. Yeah. It's not hard to sell. Mm. Uh, and our next question here is from Nick. Hello. Um, if you're purchasing an existing business, do you get to see the outgoing fran uh, franchisees surveys? Or uh, stars? The surveys, yes, but you mm. can certainly ask for it. Mm. Yeah, it? for sure, if you, if you want to. Do um, I have to give it? Are they required? I don't know why anybody would say no, mm. honestly. I, I've never had anybody ask. <laughs> because mm. basically it's, it's, it's public knowledge, everybody knows it. So if you simply ask the franchisor what the ratings of the, of the, the seller was, they'll tell you, 4.7 or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So okay. are, you, are you in that situation, you're buying existing business? Yeah, yeah, I'm just curious. Just ask. Yeah. But you can ask me if you like, I'll tell you who, who it is. You just, just send me an email or bring me up and I'll, and I'll tell you what their rating is. Yeah, okay. And uh, <laughs> tells you a lot. Generally speaking, the better that, yeah, take a card. Generally speaking, you asked a question before, didn't you? Okay. Yeah. Has anyone missed out? We'll, uh, we'll start giving these out. Oops. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Oh. oh. Um, excellent. Uh, so thank you, Nick. Uh, we've got one here from David again saying, Antennas, uh, go visit builders and real estate agents. I've gone on great with three businesses in Horsham. Uh, they give me 80% of my work. Yeah, so building your referral network, trying to get off leads. Yeah. But even antennas, though, generally works off leads. Mm. They don't have to market themselves. David's been around for yonks. He's got a great local reputation. So, yeah, but even, even you know, five-year, six-year, ten-year veterans of antennas still tend to take a lot of leads from the office. Very different from mowing and dog watching those kind of divisions. Mm. Um, so we've got uh, Wasim here saying, Hi, Jim. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm interested in building inspections franchisee, but my background is from telecom. Uh, this is something I'm looking to get into, but I don't know whether I need construction experience or your training will be enough to get me into it. Thanks. You, you, you'll need construction experience. Yeah. You, you could not do from scratch. Yeah. It's one of the few divisions that really requires it. That IT is another one. Bookkeeping is another. Building inspections. There's not yeah. many, are there? What else would you require no, that, experience that's from? I think about it. Most divisions we... Most the biggest divisions tend to be those from scratch. In fact, um, building inspection is unusual. It's got about 120 mm. franchisees, and you require quite good experience. Yeah, from from memory, it's about five years of building experience, yeah. um, and they're they're pretty specific on it too. There have been people that sort of get knocked back because they were from other trades like boiler making or yeah. plumbing, where it's sort of similar but not the same, and so they are. They are pretty strict uh, on all of that sort of we stuff. Have, we have a we have a good interest from it's, it's a division that's not regions. The franchise is not difficult. So because if you've got somebody who's got that background, like you have in engineering and so forth, and often what happens is they get to a stage where they really don't want to do anything quite so physical. It's also because like a person can be a builder and it's very dangerous. Building inspections is very good money mm. without without the element of risk because yeah. because you're not. Yeah, builders go bust all the time, mm. Mm. But, but building inspections, have, so it, it's a pretty good division actually, but you get very highly qualified people doing it. Mm. Um, and David has said, uh, go with antennas if you're from telecom, which is probably good advice. Yes. There's plenty, of, and we've got IT now as well, if it's, that's sort of your that's background. That's right, and it's antennas is a lot more than just antennas mm. too. They do, um, actually another name for it is Jim's Digital. Like, like, like they, they set things up, they set up, uh, hang TVs on walls and get them hooked up. We just had that done ourselves, actually done by somebody from the office, so that we can get all the different binge and Netflix and stuff through our... Th 
it's quite complicated. I tell you what, and I'm not that technical, but still, it was it's it's quite a challenge. It, it's it's a great division, and it's a very very good earner. And there's so much stuff that you can do. Yeah, my advice is one three one five four six. Put an inquiry in. Yes. Um, yeah, even if building inspection sort of knocks you back because of the experience. Antennas, IT. Um, yeah, would be would be good. You'd be, be very good. well suited. Antennas if, is a good earner too. Or you can do something completely different. You know, like Jim was saying earlier. You know, there are a lot of divisions where there isn't that experience required. You can come in. We'll do all the training. Things like fencing. You know, it's a long training course. But, you know, very extensive. Well, you might like something like test and tag. Yeah, correct. Which is electronically minded people. Yeah. Yeah, good, uh, very good earner. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, Ellie Mack has said, uh, what would you do if a client was initially happy with your service, uh, then weeks after started complaining and harassing you? <laughs> yes. Have you had any sort of cases like that? Yeah. Sometimes it's because it's not the work itself, but they're just trying to get out of pain. I had a case just before I came to lunch uh, for dinner just now where a, a client was complaining bitterly about poor work and stuff and the franchisor actually called the client and the client suggested a ruddy fruitcake. They just didn't want to pay. Mm. So, so it was quite clear they were threatening the franchisee with fair work and stuff and it was all about the fact that they wanted a cheaper price. Mm. They actually wanted him to do the job which is to do with repairing the screen for less than it would have cost him to get it done. Mm. And, and, and as soon as the franchisor confirmed what this lady was like, I deleted the whole thing. I deleted the complaint, deleted the survey, because it was so obviously, and this is a great franchisee too, so you, you, you know that he's not, yeah. Yeah, um, David, David said, uh, I would go and fix their issue. I had a job today at 5.30, where a cocky chewed through a cable and destroyed the booster. I fixed it two weeks ago and fixed it again for free. So there's part of it that's just sort of maintaining that It depends relation. what the client's on about, actually. Mm. Sometimes it's a genuine issue and you're trying to fix it. Sometimes they're trying to take advantage. Yeah, uh, and then she said they wouldn't even give her the chance to fix it. Um, and then David's advice was just sack them, which... Well, yeah, well, I had another case today where, where the client was complaining about a job not being in a clean job. Mm. And we offered the franchisee to go back and fix it. She said no. Mm. So this was going on and on and on about this job, but she didn't want it fixed. So what's your big fuss about it? So I think, again, it's, it's somebody who's just trying to look for an excuse not to pay. We, we're quite aware of that. Bad payers are a concern. Mm. There's not many clients like that, but those that are, we keep an eye on. Yeah, and I think that people think Jim's is a, sort of an easy target being sort of yeah. just a big company. They do, and they think we've got big insurance policies, but yeah. we, don't, we, don't, we don't cave in too easily. Mm. Apart from anything else, I mean, if the franchisee is in any way responsible, of course they've got to fix what they're doing. But, mm. you know, franchisees are our primary concern, more than clients. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If the, client, if the franchisee's done the right thing, we support them all the way. Yeah, so good luck uh, with that one. Hopefully it all works out with your client, Ellie. Uh, and now we've got uh, Tan. Tan? Hi. Tan, there. Hi, Jim. Um, lovely to meet you in person. Okay, so because I just took over my cousin's franchise right. off the Gold Coast, so I'm pretty near with, you know, like going out to give the customer a quote, blah, blah. So what is the secret to actually um, converting a, a leads into jobs? Basically, to convert a lead into a job, uh, ring back very, very fast every minute that you can cut off yourself 
by getting back to the client quicker, make an appointment not too long in the future, turn up on time, present well, ask, communicate with the client, find out what they want, give them a price. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not rocket science. You have a huge advantage with this brand. Yeah. So if you do the right thing, if you follow up properly, you'll convert the great majority into clients. And if you convert too many, then you've got to put your prices up. But you should actually be charging enough to lose a few. That's a great question. It is too. You, do you like, do you like, do you like uh, some cards or a bear? Book? Uh, bear. What division are you from? I am cleaning. Cleaning? One second. I'll throw you the bear. Thank you. And there's a shirt for it. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, moving along. Uh, we have uh, Marcel. Yep. Hey, Marcel. I think one of the audience has asked my question, so I will try to change it a little bit. When I meet a, uh, successful people, I always like to take something from their experience. So just in three words, I want to say James has these three things in his life that supported him to be successful. What's going to be? Three words three or words. Three, three words? Three words or three sentences. In three sentences. <laughs> Every day, work on how to run your business better. Little things, which I've talked about many times, you've heard this before. Be passionate about your customers, whoever they are. In our case, franchisees primarily, in your case, your clients. Try and amaze and delight them. And learn from your fellows. Learn from the network. Be part of the group. The, the, that's the royal road. That's, that's what makes it work. You've got a fantastic opportunity by being part of an organization where you've got really good people who want to help you to do all of this kind of stuff. But it's got to come from the heart too. I think anybody who puts the money first has got the wrong attitude. You're just going to think of the person you're dealing with, amaze them and delight them, and then have enough sense to capitalize on that. But emotionally speaking, somebody who only cares about the money tends to cut, take shortcuts. Which is why people like Retail Food Group come unstuck because they look at the money first, they don't consider their franchisees and they lose franchisees. But that's a great question. Pick, pick something. What would you like? Some cards, a bear, a book. Uh, cards. Cards? Ready? Um, I was keeping count though, Jim. I reckon, you have another one. I reckon you're about 184 words over. But that's all right. It's pretty close. <laughs> he did say three sentences. No, 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 three words. Three words. Oh, you're over three sentences anyway. <laughs> well and truly. Um, David's, David's asked, uh, Jim, did you sack Joel or did he go to Brazil? <laughs> uh, Joel's mother is dying. Mm. And he's yeah. at, in the hospital with her, basically holding her hand. She's not um, really eating at all, so she hasn't got long to go. Yeah, yeah so he's been, he's been down in Warrnambool for quite a while. So, um, Which I think is great and very mm. appropriate. I, I spoke to him today, actually, and uh, it's, it's, it's tough for him. Mm. He's been through a hard time with his mother, but um, now she's going and, and the son is there, which I think is great. I really think that's fantastic that he's, that he's doing that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for that one, David. Um, Marcel, did you want to ask you a second question? Or? I think he asked a question, didn't he? He did ask, uh, what is your biggest fear as well? Is that not you? Is that different? Oh, no, sorry, that's Mark. Sorry. Sorry. I just, 
They were right next to each other. I just assumed they were the same. Sorry. Do you want to, do you want to come up and ask that anyway? Sorry. I ruined your mind. I wonder why this one's going to be Jim. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Sorry to get a bit personal, but what's your biggest fear? <laughs> came from nowhere. Something will happen to my wife or one of my children. Honestly, that is by far bigger than anything. I don't really fear things going wrong with the business very much because I don't see why it should. But I fear every time my wife comes home a bit late, I always have terrible images of her having a car crash or something. I, I love my wife. I'm crazy about her. She's wonderful. So I don't know. I'm probably the same as you, really, isn't that? Like the person you love the most. No, nothing in business compares with that. P pick, a, pick a prize. Don't, don't just cards. Cards, any, bears, you want a bear? Anything you like. I think it's a great Oops. question. What division are you from? Uh, dog wash. Just uh, it's mulling at the moment. Just change it and That's throw it back true. to me. <laughs> I'm glad I caught it. Beautiful. Yeah, I saw you with the catch box today, wasn't it? No, I wasn't. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, uh, last question that we have from the audience would be from Lauren. Like you asked. Hi, Jim. Uh, my question isn't business related, but I want to know if you were to be reincarnated, um, what would you come back as and why? Well, <laughs> that's an interesting question. I really have never been asked that one before. Come back as Jim Bemman. Jim Bemman 2. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting question. What on earth would you, would you uh, come back as? Your favourite animal? No, no not. Would you come back? Would you come back? <laughs> well, I would, but, yeah. but, but I guess you want another go at it. I mean, uh, I'm a Christian, so I really don't believe in that kind of stuff. So for a start, uh, I guess an, an Australian. I mean, a human being. Mm. I don't think animals mostly have a good thing. I mean, if you're going to be born as an, a random animal, you'd most likely be a chicken or a pig or something and get your throat cut in no time. So <laughs> you wouldn't want that. Mm. And mm. most animals don't live very long in the wild anyway. So, so I think definitely a human being, and I think you couldn't do better than being an Australian. Sorry, New Zealand. Or a New Zealander, that'd be good too. I mean, but somebody from one of those countries. Mm. I, think, I think we're a... I think Australia's a great country. I mean, mm. there's a lot of problems that we have, but... If you, we're one of the most fortunate countries in the world. We're, we're wealthy and we're stable and democratic and stuff. And we always want the government to do different things and things. But you, you, if you compare Australia with a country like um, America, and, and, and you know, I admire Americans for their entrepreneurial zeal and their ideas, but their system of, of government and, and their medical system is atrocious. It's so stacked in favour of rich people and it's so corrupt in a sense, the big money and, and it's impossible to get laws passed and it's, it's a terrible system comparatively. No, even though they're wonderful people, the Americans, and they're great allies of ours, I think you really couldn't go past being Australian or New Zealander, which I don't know if quite answers your question, but I, I can't imagine a better mm. thing than to be a citizen of this country. I honestly can't. And mm. I like that question too, so pick a... Uh, I, can, I can get you another bear, or there's books, or cards. Oh, my little boy would love a bear. I'll get you a bear. Dog wash? I'll get you a bear. Um, see, personally, I'd come back as a dodo. Just confuse everyone. A witch? A dodo. Dodo bird. They're extinct. Exactly. Imagine one just rocking up one day. There would be mass panics. You're pretty lonely, though. Where are you going to get a lady dodo from? 
At least well, I'm just, you're I'm a lady just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just using my second chance as a, as, a, as a chance to mess with everyone. So uh, okay. I don't know. I don't know what else to do. Um, so we've got a few more questions online before we wrap up. David McDonald said, okay, Jim's trade day, March. What do you need done? Write a list and I'll hook you up. Also, how is the internet on the farm? David's, off, uh, David's offering some uh, services for trade day. Wow. I don't know what we need. Email, email Rocky um, or, or just the national office. Uh, he's, he's the one running it and so he'll, uh, he'll help you out. So email the national office and uh, say that you, you're happy to help. I can't remember. Maybe if you just flick it through to him. I can't remember what his exact email is. Rocky, um, Rocky.alloy, A-L-O-I, at jibs.net. Or, or David knows my email address. Yeah. He can send it to me if he likes. Yeah. And how's the internet at the farm? Well, it's going fine. We've got a satellite thing on now. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, Optus, Optus has given us a lot a mode and I reckon they fixed up the connection so I can use Optus. It's, it's, a, it's a wireless connection, but I, so far I haven't managed to get it to actually connect and do anything. It doesn't seem to work, so I don't know, but it's okay. Um, now Felix has asked, franchise related question, what happens if I can't run the business for a few weeks? Well, that's an issue. If you've got regular clients, you've really got to try and get them caretaken by your fellow franchisees. Mm. That's, a, that's a big issue because if you don't do that properly, you're going to lose goodwill on a big scale. Mm. And it, it can happen. So, yes. Usually, though, your fellow franchisees will help you out. Even though they're busy, in my experience, they normally will go out of their way to, to support you know, somebody who's, who's off. Like if you break a leg, you're off for six weeks. Mm. Well, you're not going to have too many customers left, are mm. you? Yeah. So usually you'll, you'll help yourself. And you'll do the same thing too if somebody else, somebody else is um, off. You'll look after some of their customers for them and then hand them back when, when they're ready to come back. So, yeah, it's one of, it's one of the, the benefits of being part of a group. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think I'll, I'll, I'll guess his next follow-up. Do you still get charged fees if you're out for those three weeks? If you cannot work... Um, at all, and you, you need a medical um, a certificate of some kind. You what you call we got suspended. Mm. There's an actual system that actually have suspension period of time, and you won't get charged fees for that for mm. that time. But things like a holiday, if you're just going away for three holiday, weeks. Holiday, holiday, no, you don't get it for holiday. You don't get it because of anything else. But if you're medically unable to work, or you know, I know one person had to go back to India to be with their mm. dying father or something. I know we suspended that franchise mm. for a while. Mm. But there has to be some good reason, not just taking a holiday. Um, and David said, well, there's a thing I can help you out with, Jim. I thought you got Starlink at your farm, Starlink. Yeah, I've got what I've got. Oh, you do have Starlink? Oh, there you go. Oh, well, I've got, it's, 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 it's satellite based. Mm. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. It's not the Tesla one. Though. Not the Tesla one. Not the Tesla, Tesla one. Tesla came out with, oh, we don't know. But anyway, anyway. anyway. It works okay, actually. Yeah. It, it, it's quite effective. Mm. Oh, good. The, the, the connection is pretty, pretty much as good as, as here, mm. which is nice. Um, now, last question that we'll end off with, and it could end Ask Jim forever, but Jaden has asked, Jim, can you sing the Jim's Mowing theme song? Well, two. No in both cases. First of all, I don't know the Jim's Mowing theme song. You don't know song. it. And secondly, because believe me, if you ever heard me sing, you would never, never want to listen to that song ever again. Because I'm not very good at singing. My this wife has a very nice singing voice. One of my daughters got a beautiful voice. Me, no. I like to sing in church. 
mm. at all. And the reason for that is because is if you've got 200 other people singing at the same time, mm. they can't hear you. Mm. And I've never done Jimbo in church. They've never done it for some oh, reason. I don't know weird. why they, they have weird. other kinds of music, but never, mm. never Jimbo. Yeah, but it's, uh, I, I can't believe you've never Why don't you sing it, it, Jake? Oh, no, I don't know the words. <laughs> I don't know, I've never heard it. <laughs> Not on your life. Do you know it, Ben? No, you, <laughs> no, no one should do it. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll skip over that. Uh, but uh, thank you, everyone. Sorry? Maybe next time. We'll, 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 I'll, what I'll do is I'll leave a note for Joel that first thing you can do is sing the, uh, the Jimbo theme song for everyone uh, next. Ask Jim. We'll make sure we get that done. I've done a few things in this thing. I've done my fiendish evil laughter, but I've never actually sang. And I think people should be very grateful for that. Because, oh, I mean, have you, have you heard, have you, have you watched, uh, it's, it's from uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is actually where you stole it from. It's the, the hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off G to work Jimbo, we go. Jimbo, Jimbo, is off to it we go. I can't that's the one. That's, that's the one. Oh, I don't right. know how you didn't get sued by Disney for it, but yeah, you got away with it. Highway robbery, but don't, don't tell them that. Uh, all right. Thank you, everyone uh, in the audience for, for turning up. You've had some great questions. Thank you to everyone online. Uh, we'll be back three weeks' time. Uh, everyone, make sure you watch it on Facebook. Uh, but thanks, Jim, for your time. I uh, hope you've all enjoyed your night. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. There you have it, another episode of the Jim's Cast. Thank you very much if you have listened to the end. If you can do us a favor, please leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your apps. And if you've got any suggestions as well, please make sure you send them through to social media at gyms.net. Feedback about it as well. If you need any more information, please make sure you visit www.gyms.net or call 131546. You can also find us on all the social media channels.